Just one critical note, a, a real missed opportunity to just go ahead and call it Sansa Anna. If you're just going <laughs> to have Sans at the end, just work yeah. it in there. Uh, we'll have to ask them why they named you. it Santa Anna and didn't go with your preferred Sansa Anna. I'll, I'll submit a, an official complaint. Yes, we'll submit something. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Interrogang Podcast, your weekly shot of typography news and notes, where we'll share with you some new type releases from the past week and what has got us thinking in the world of type design and creativity. The Interrogang Podcast is an extension of Proof & Co., a website dedicated to the ever-changing landscape of independent typography and bridging the gap between type designers and type consumers through insightful content and research. I'm your host, Joshua Dick, along with Interrogang co-host, the incredibly talented and committed type enthusiast, and a man who may or may not understand the geometric properties of a rhombus, Kyle Reed. How are you doing today, Kyle? Hi, Josh. Uh, doing very well. Feeling good? Yeah, you'd think that my ability to understand the geometric properties of a rhombus would matter in type design. Uh, I feel like I've rectified that part of myself. Ad- admittedly, now. that's a that's a Kyle Reed deep cut that <laughs> refers back to, I believe, freshman year of high school, where Kyle just could not wrap his brain around what a rhombus is. And yeah, there's there's your graphic designer, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, some things just blow your mind. Here in the Interrogang, we hope to serve as conversation starters, and hopefully we'll pique your interest and get you thinking about new things in exciting ways or old things in deeper ways. We will be referring to the Proof & Co. weekly newsletter in this and every episode, which you can subscribe to at proofco.xyz to use as a visual reference. Here we are now in week 21, 2021. This week was a relatively sleepy week for independent type foundry releases. And for me uh, too. But there were a few gems published for us to get our hands on. Um, first up, say hi to Santa Ana Sands. Hello. The latest type design from design studio Hootspah. Uh Santa Ana Sands is a semi-condensed pseudo-geometric sands, quote unquote, that actually had more has more ties to condensed sign painter types than anything else. Um, you can tell that this design was born out of a studio instead of a foundry because it has that perfect balance of personality and practicality that I think a lot of young designers and new brands are looking for. It takes its time revealing that personality across six weights of Roman and italics, but it doesn't miss a chance to throw some fun highlight moments in there like the wavy Z's. Hootspa killed it with this one. Uh, Santa Ana Sands makes a fabulous workhorse addition to the studio's growing type offerings as well. They've got a lot of really cool display faces, and uh, this is a nice addition. The second highlight from week 21 is from Hannes Famira, uh, who many out there may know as an educator. Hannes released Interpol Sands this week, a low-contrast Sands family designed for uh, legibility in low-resolution situations. So small type you know, digital screens, that kind of thing. Aesthetically, Interpol Sands is somewhat similar to Santa Ana Sands in its slightly more narrow proportion, wide range of weights, and a clean workhorse intent. But Interpol uh, dives much deeper into being a broad tool for designers. It's described in one word, thrifty, which I think is a great word. I really enjoy that word in context of typography. It's smartly designed, 
and it's bound to do well for brands on the global or corporate stages. Um, Interpol Sands is, is an extension of the Interpol collection from Famira Fonts, uh, which is available through Type Network. So uh, way to go, Hannes. That looks quite good. I really like this one for its functionality. Yeah. For its functional it's intent. No frills. And lastly, I uh, although I mentioned earlier it was a relatively sleepy week on the retail releases, it was not a sleepy week for the presentation of custom font work. Uh, I just wanted to shout out some of the great stuff that's been produced on that side of things. Um, Mickle Type teamed up with Collins again for a brand typeface for Sweet Green, um, the salad place. Do you know that place, Josh? Ever I do. Eaten at I, Sweet Green? Yeah. Many a time. Got a brand new typeface there. Um, Bold Monday produced a custom type for uh, Dutch public service broadcaster NTR. And Typographies and Design Studio Mucho have teamed up to produce a custom display suite of 50 interchangeable fonts for Primavera Sound Festival. It's a massive type project that's worth digging into more. Uh, All great projects worth checking out in more depth. So what about you, Josh? What tickled your fancy this past week? Well, it's been quite a week of getting my fancy tickled. Uh, I wanted to talk about (laughs) this week an idea that I have read about a psychological phenomenon called go fever. And it's this idea that when you reach, you're reaching the end of a project, you start to get lax on a lot of the checks and making sure you're doing things right. And in some cases safely just to get, you're so excited to get to the ending. Hmm. This idea stems from the NASA's Apollo one mission that they found that the day the, uh, rocket was put on the launch pad, all of a sudden, all these safety precautions went out the window and people were rushing through because there was so much excitement and it ended up exploding on the launch pad. Not so great. It's not good. Um, No. So I wanted to ask you, Kyle, do you experience Go Fever when you've got a design project? I believe I've experienced this before. Yeah. I think that sometimes you just have your blinders on when you're designing for big brands or in, in agency settings. Uh, you're so focused on the deadline um, that once you start getting a brand book or a presentation together and things are quote unquote out on the launch pad and you're rushing around to kind of put some last things in there. It's like good like, I metaphor. Think there's, I, I've definitely experienced that and it could be hectic and stressful <laughs> and things get missed. I also think in type design specifically that go fever, it might not pop up as often as you think. But I'd be very curious to hear what everybody else's experience is because, um, you know, like it's it's one of those disciplines that stretched out over such a long period of time, and there are lots of gateways before you get to a final, uh, final launch. So I'm not sure it would pop up as often. I would be surprised if anyone said they had never experienced yeah. this. But I also would venture that there's two types of this. There's a conscious go fever and a subconscious or even unconscious go fever. Mm. The conscious being, you are actively saying, I am done with this. I can't look at this anymore. I need this to be done. You're five pages into a 15-page term paper, and you're just like, I've got nothing else to say. Let this be done. (laughs) I need to go eat and sleep. You're just over it. But then I think there is the sub or unconscious version that is more the price of ambition. 
you know, when we're talking about this, the NASA example, you've got this project that you're so excited to get out there and show the world and you start over compensating with your excitement and reputation yeah that you then stop without even noticing you're not doing your job as well and i think that's that's tougher i think you see that in a lot of different design that gets put out into the world i think you see that in video game design a lot i bet you're right I think that's what mm-hmm, happened mm-hmm. with the the infamous ET Atari game. <laughs> Very excited, like a lot of excitement just to get it out there that you missed everything. And the plan from the beginning is we're going to market the crap out of this. Right. Setting expectations really high. You set the expectations before you've done the work and then you lose sight of what the work even is. I think that's the definition right there. That's it. Yeah. I definitely think and I think that happens all the time and inexplicably, we don't learn from our mistakes. And mm-hmm. I do think that's something to be aware of for anyone who's doing a creative project, a design project, because that can creep in, whether you think it will or not. I do think that there's an aspect, the positive spin on this Go Fever idea is it's a way to avoid overthinking. It's a way to avoid uh, working on something too much until mm-hmm. you've totally bastardized it and it's not what you intended because you just kept working on it. At some point, it's just got to go. At some point, you got to put it out into the world and see if it works. Right. So when you're dealing with uh, something that's more experimental, there is no conclusion. There's no mm-hmm. finish. So where is that line between I haven't put in the work to make sure this is done versus it's done and I'm making it worse by holding on to it longer that's tough yes that's a, a line a lot of people walk and it's very and hard very few people get it line. and i think it's luck basically that gets you <laughs> across that yeah. line yeah i hadn't heard of the theory of go fever before but that's uh, uh that's really interesting and i think a, a nice reflection point for a lot of people's creative process All right. For our big topic this week, we wanted to delve into the idea that designers or any artist or creative person also has to serve as a salesperson in their lives. Uh, And that this can be a really difficult or unwelcome thing, but a necessary aspect of the lifestyle. I feel like a lot of designers or creatives are not necessarily predisposed to be good salespeople. And in fact, the what makes someone a good salesperson may not be what makes them a good designer or vice versa. Kyle, what I'd like to ask you is how detrimental to a type designer or a designer at large, how detrimental is it to their success if they are not a good salesperson? It's a good question. I think it's probably more detrimental now than it was a long time ago. Solely for the fact that everybody is taking on multiple roles in the type making and selling experience, right? You are the creator of the type. If you work for your own independent type foundry, you are the marketer of that type. You are the follow-up agent, accounts person for that type. You are, you are so many things um, that didn't used to be there in the industry. 
so yeah, I think it's it's more detrimental if you're if you're not as like acclimated to the rigors of something like a sales hat to wear. That's been my experience. I'm not a naturally gifted sales person. And you have so much at your disposal to use that then that has morphed the expectation that you will use it and that you will know how to use it. Yeah. With the advent of computers and then digital design with the internet. And I would say most, I would say most importantly, social media. Yes. When we're talking about marketing, it is there for you to use. It is free to you to use. And so Mm -hmm. the expectation is you will use it and you will use it really well. Right. But that's perhaps unfair, but it's the reality. It's a skill set that you're not born with. You have to learn. Yeah. Especially if you were born pre-internet or (laughs) pre-social media. It's not what you came Mm -hmm. up with and it doesn't necessarily feel natural. I think a lot of people get into type design because they fall in love with the process of drawing letters, the process of creating mm-hmm. that software through code. Like the the process of creation itself is probably the number one attractor to people in type. What happens after that and what needs to happen after that is always a an afterthought and that's it's a bummer if you don't if you're not naturally gifted with those skills. And we should make the distinction. There's a very big difference between selling a font you have made on a marketplace mm-hmm. and the selling of yourself, the selling yes. of your brand, dare I use the word brand, or just who putting yourself out there as when you see my name, you will get this. Yeah. And so this idea of selling yourself is its own marketing hell and, a, and is its own skill set. Uh, someone can be really great at I made this typeface. Here's where you can buy it. Here's why you need it. Here's why you can't live without it. But when it comes to who am I? Why should you know me? Let me network. Let me talk to you at the party. Let me buy you a drink. You could be horrible at that. And that might be what you need to get to the next level. And that is another thing that has been exploded, that has exploded with the advent of internet, social media, more mm-hmm. ways to connect. The expectation that yep. you will and will be good at it is constantly there. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I think making that distinction between yourself and your brand is really important. And a lot of people who are jumping into the type business, they like having a foundry brand to stand behind because they don't. Uh, it does remove themselves from a lot of the personal interaction if that's not what they're into. And, um, but you do also have, for lack of a better word, quote unquote, type celebrities or personalities that are very good at putting themselves out there, telling their story and thus telling the story of their typefaces and their work. Um, It's all about what is your personal style of connecting with others. and that's probably a good place to start if you're unsure. But again, it's tough when there's this expectation of a l- level of quality of that kind of connection slash you can't not do it. Right. You can't not have that be part of it as much as you might want to just do the work right. and move on. 
I always hated as an actor having to sell mm-hmm. myself, even though that is 99% of the game in acting, much more, I would venture to say, than in visual design. But I always wanted the work to speak for itself mm-hmm. more than me having to tell you I'm great or I'm cool or you should hang out with me and then like me in an audition. <laughs> and and it and it rarely worked out that way. Uh, do you think that this is a hurdle in typography? Do you think this work doesn't always speak for itself as much as it could or it should? It's definitely a hurdle, especially considering that there's so many different experience levels out there in type design, so many different quality levels. Um, I think the best typefaces out there are ones where the work does speak for itself. You kind of get this feeling, you know, a little like gut mm-hmm. feeling when you look at a typeface, you're like, ooh, yeah, that's the one. Or that looks just, that looks really good. Your eye is so good at picking up on the smallest little issues with things that when you're, you see something that's really good quality and the work is, is really, really high, your brain doesn't, you know, throw all those alarm bells up and say, that's wrong, that's wrong. It just feels right or feels good. Um, so in that sense, I think the best work out there speaks for itself. Um, Mm -hmm. when you, (laughs) I always do get a little nervous when type marketing is really overblown, you know, it feels kind of used car salesy, you know, it's just like, Mm -hmm. like, I I don't, I don't like what the way you're talking to me about your product. It feels like you're either overcompensating for something or trying to cover something up like honesty and just letting the work speak for itself is a preference of mine and I think for a lot of people um, but it, it's a real hurdle for for uh, folks who are especially just getting into the game. That's where it, when it always sucks when I feel like a lot of I think this is hard particularly for young artists, designers, whatever medium we're talking about. Yeah. Where you're kind of taught this salesman-y talk. You're taught mm-hmm. to game the system, work the system And that's fine because, as we're saying, it's a part of it. You can't not do it. But if it's taught in lieu of doing good work, and I feel like sometimes it is, or at least in my experience acting it was, uh, that's tough. I think you can lose sight, similarly to what we were saying with Go Fever, you can lose sight of actually doing good work just because you've got all this other BS swirling around you right again some people are more predisposed to be good at this and to recognize when someone else is bsing them to do it themselves in an effective way Mm -hmm. but man to me that's exhausting that just sounds like an exhausting way to go about a creative output i don't know i i bet i bet someone is listening to this thinking these dumb fucks <laughs> don't know how to, uh, don't know how to do this thing, and maybe they're right, but that just sounds so exhausting to me. Yeah, I I agree with you in the sense that some people are more predisposed to different styles of marketing, and I think that's why authenticity is really honored these days in that process of whether you're the one who's selling or being sold to. Authenticity is a real premium. Um, I think the best type designers, the best foundries out there that are 
succeeding right now are ones that are true to themselves, to their story, to their process. Uh, and that really comes out in the type. Yeah, I think people have pretty good BS-ometers, you know? Like they can... BS-o-meters? BS-o-meters. They, they, know, they know when stuff is, is not right. Yeah. So here's my big question then. Do you think that someone could market either themselves or a type they've created with minimal hands-on salesmanship? Do you think there is a world where something can completely speak for itself? I think there is, but it's never going to be 100% hands-off because you can make the most incredible piece of work, but if you don't tell somebody <laughs> do, yeah if you don't do the the a, even a little bit of work to put it into a public space if you're a sculptor and you've made something incredible if you don't do the work to at least just put it outside on the curb so people can see it then you're never get, it's never going to be known yeah so i think um there is work out there that really does speak for itself i think some of the the old world masters um some of the type from uh, you know, folks who have been practicing for a really long time, uh, they don't have to do as much marketing because they've gotten a reputation. But if you're new and you don't have any reputation, it's going to be really hard if you can't put in any effort towards telling people about it. Yeah, I think I have a, a perhaps a, a cynical view on that one that, depending on how you come at this yourself, that I don't think, I think... <laughs> Sure. Uh, there's just there's no way that the work can simply speak for itself. Uh, that also relies on the audience to mm -hmm. know what they're looking at. And sometimes that doesn't always work out the right way or the way, yeah, the sure. right way, the desired way. Um, and when you've got you've got too many variables, you've got too many variables. Yes. There's too many things to leave to chance or not put any effort in. You have to try to control some of them or push your product in a certain direction before letting go and saying, you know, do your thing. <laughs> I just feel completely out of control. It's okay. A lot of us do. That's it for this week's Interrogang. Special thanks, as always, to Andrew Spheris, our editor and all things tech master. Original music featured throughout this episode was composed by Andrew Spheris as well. The Interrogang podcast can be found on our website, proofco.xyz slash podcast as well as on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and just about anywhere you find your podcasts. If you want to receive more type news and notes, head to our website and subscribe to the weekly newsletter. Follow us on Twitter at proof underscore end underscore co, or email us at hello at proofco.xyz. If you have any questions for us, or have any thoughts on what we discussed in any of our episodes, or if you feel uncomfortable selling yourself to strangers, we'd love to hear from you. As always, thanks for being a part of the Interrogang. We will see you next week. And typographies? Man, I'm so bad at pronouncing stuff. <laughs> try, try that one again. Typographies. I don't know where the emphasis is. Typographies? Better the first time somehow. And uh, design... Hmm. Typography. Wait, wait. Typog. It's Spanish. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> I think that's it. I think it's the easiest one. Sure. Typographies. Occam's razor. <laughs> <laughs>